Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. This is episode number 219, going live for our gorgeous patrons on October 3rd, 2022, October 5th for everyone else. It's a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name's Steven, spelled with a P-H-N-A, so you'd think phonetically, logically, rationally, that would be Stefan, but it's not. Steven and my usual co-host Steve is AFK this week, but I am super stoked to be joined by Jordan Crawford and Fred Toms from Symbiosis Games in Toronto. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. No worries. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Happy to be here. Uh, Fred, in an interview with IGN, you described Jordan as, quote, the artist and visual person, end quote, (laughs) and you described yourself as, quote, the complete opposite. Is this still true? This the, okay, so this is uh, this is perfect. This is one hundred percent absolutely true, gotcha. and it ties in with the name of our company, uh, mm. Symbiosis Games or Symbiosis Games. Um, so basically, the uh, our company is named after Jordan and um, our uh, symbiotic relationship. We gotcha. are Jordan, Jordan and I are complete, absolute complete opposites, even down to like our mood that day. If, <laughs> if I'm in a bad mood. Yeah, if I'm in a bad mood, guaranteed Jordan is is seeing nothing but sunshine. And, uh, you know, give us 10 minutes later and roles are going to be reversed. I, I can't explain it. It's just how we've always been. So They're the um, original yeah. odd couple. No, I love that. It's yeah. a little left side, right side of the brain uh, partnership. 100%. Yeah, that's absolutely. A great, that's a great way to put it. Well, thank you. Uh, awesome. you uh, Ryan McCaffrey did an interview with you guys on IGN. Great guy. Uh, Very nice guy. I listened to the Xbox podcast for several years in high school, so thank you, Ryan. Awesome. Um, he said it's your game, Spectre, quote, a game that features deep-seated teamwork and partnership heavily inspired by the glory days of our favorite franchise. Sorry, he didn't say that. You said that, Fred, in an interview with Ryan. Uh, what favorite franchise are you guys drawing from here, if people aren't aware yet? That would be I'll, me. I'll let you take this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Okay, so, I mean, you know, we, we kind of wear our inspirations right on our sleeve. Mm. Uh, it's no secret that Spectre uh, has taken heavy... Um, uh, inspiration from one of our favorite uh, franchises, the Splinter Cell franchise, mm. a an amazing franchise. However, one that has been neglected by the, the F Zero of Ubisoft. Oh, <laughs> yeah. cool. man, amazing! I, I love F Zero too. You're uh, on fire today. Thank you. Last release, and that was 2013 Blacklist. I remember getting that yeah, one. That's right. So almost so a I. decade with no Splinter Cell game, Symbiosis game steps into the scene. Much like uh, a burgeoning Eric Barone looked at the, the desperate Harvest Moon landscape and said, yeah. ah, fuck <laughs> it, I'll just do it. You guys yep. are making the spiritual successor to, and you specified uh, in your interview with IGN, Chaos Theory is the specific Splinter Cell game you guys are trying to emulate and modernize more specifically. That's correct. And there's mm. there's a lot to this, but on, I, before we dig deeper, um, you know, we found and, and I guess agreed that Chaos Theory, the Spice vs. Mercs um, uh, game mode or online multiplayer on that one, focused more on, you know, stealth misdirection that it really encompassed that, uh, that game of cat and mouse between the the 
I almost said Spectres and Reapers, but Smize and Mercs. Right. Um, whereas, like, even Blacklist, uh, they're arming the Spies with, you know, submachine guns, and it it turned into almost more of a, a team deathmatch, mm. as opposed to really, you know, having one side um, really team-based, you know, working together to infiltrate these minions and try, as you, as you may, like, get out undetected after... Um, capturing the objectives mm-hmm. uh my you do have the the next snaps and such and all those other cool features but we're we're bringing it back to that kind of uh game mode. right we're we're bringing 2005 back Excellent. 2005 is when <laughs> chaos theory was released mm-hmm. and i mean like like i you know what i enjoyed blacklist um i didn't enjoy the multiplayer so much um and you know what a lot of our community uh i i think feels the same way that uh, Ubisoft and the Splinter Cell franchise hasn't offered um, the 2005 version of uh, Spies versus Mercs since 2005. And mm. you know what? People are desperate. People are hungry for that experience uh, once again. So uh, Blacklist was was a bit of a uh, disappointment to a lot of people, myself included. You know, it, and I it, guess a financial a, disappointment to Ubisoft because they never made another one. <laughs> well, yeah. that's it. And, yeah, actually, now that you mention it, yeah, I mean, so. Just a couple of weeks ago, Ubisoft had a big show mm. where they were showing off all their their projects, and uh, Jordan and I watched the show with bated breath, waiting and hoping for some sort of Splinter Cell news because apparently Ubisoft is working on a new Splinter Cell. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, you know, once again, a, another show goes by and not even a, a peep about a new Splinter Cell. That, that's interesting. You, you, I wouldn't, my gut reaction would be you not hope for a, a Splinter Cell because that's a, a competitor to your own project. But interesting, uh-huh. why are you hoping for, an, I guess you're fans of the game, obviously, but now you're yeah. fans and competitors, right? Well, I mean, so a couple of reasons. Hmm. Um, a, yeah, we're massive fans of Splinter Cell. We want to see, you know, more Sam Fisher and not, not as like DLC or anything like that. Now um, yeah, we we both love Splinter Cell, uh, and although it would, I suppose, be a competition, it's it's not, you know, it's. I feel like it isn't threaded competition because we're almost done. Mm-hmm. The game will be releasing shortly, and and they've even announced there's... another Splinter Cell, so that's at least like well, a year to three away yeah. from whenever they announce it. Yeah, they they did announce that they were were working on something mm. new or bringing back Splinter Cell, but. Uh, beyond that there's been no news so i wouldn't expect them to be like oh yeah releasing tomorrow or anything like that um i mean it would having another Splinter Cell game and and them bringing back spies versus mercs that would bring more attention to the genre and and bring you know like more fans expose more people to Mm. that uh that game mode it's like i know it's it it wouldn't be a bad thing and again like personally i'd I would love to play another Splinter Cell game. <laughs> well, I would love to play Spectre and ask you some more questions about it, but we're getting ahead of ourselves here, of course. Listeners <laughs> of this show know you got to wait for your meet. We're going to start with veggies up at the top uh, with some events. And I'll mention that the Steam Next Fest is coming up October 3rd to 10th, and there will be a Spectre demo, will there not? That's right. Excellent. Um, that's correct. That's very exciting. Uh, but uh, along with... Steam Next Fest. Are you guys familiar with Indie Cup Canada 2022? 
uh, I am not online award person. show. Uh, the nominees will be revealed November 3rd. Winners announced on the 17th. And they're doing an online exhibit showing off all the games that are nominated. Steve and I uh, were asked to be jurors this year, so that's why we're plugging it. It looks wow. kind of cool. This is the first one they've done in Canada. They've done a couple other countries, uh, specifically just uh, awarding devs of that country. So we're, we're interested Whoa. in that. So that's uh, starting October 20th is when the exhibition goes online. So you can check out all the games nominated and the winners on the 17th. Of course... Joff Keeley will be showing up with his, you know, he's Canadian. We always joke about that, but he'll be doing his thing in December. But more importantly, Indie Cup Canada 2022. Uh, fellow Toronto uh, organization, the Hand Eye Society. Do you guys know this group? I do not. <laughs> That's all right. I don't know anything. <laughs> They're putting on uh, the 10th annual Super Fest, a game showcase, and uh, it's got some speakers who will be talking about their work. October 15th to 16th, uh, that'll be on their, their beautiful Twitch page. Um, and Game Slice 2022, usually in London, Ontario, but has been online the past couple of years, is having a stream of developer talks as well as playtesting for all the games included in the event September 20th to October 6th. So I guess that's live now. And then the stream is this week. Oh my goodness. I should yeah. have read that one before the other it's one. Schedule. <laughs> yeah. It's packed. Uh, but that's it for the events. Awesome. Shuffle some paperwork on that. I have like a sound effect of Steve shuffling paper. I, I have spice in here. So how, how did you, how did you get selected to be a juror? for uh that event they reached out to us honestly yeah we were every time someone reaches out to us i'm like oh people know about us because like you know every week steve and i publish news post it we see likes and we see a few comments and people on our discord but i forget that like we actually like have an impact somewhere yeah they reached out and they were like uh do you want to join the jury and it's like people i recognize from twitter on the jury too i'm like oh look at all these (laughs) verified accounts i follow and have liked for years this is cool but yeah they just asked We'll, of course, be doing our own Game of the Year. Uh, We do a poll instead of, like, Steve and I just picking one. We we do a list and then throw up a poll for uh, our Canadian Game of the Year. So that's usually January, though. Canada's all about democracy. <laughs> Steve uh, asked me not to get political on this one in his absence. So. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love you, Steve. Uh, I got two news stories as well that we've reported this past week, all out of Toronto. And it's funny. This might be the last episode that has our, our logo with the CN Tower on it because, as I've been saying oh, for a while okay. now, we're trying to get a new logo because three people this year from a distance have told me it looks like a syringe. So, you know, once is, <laughs> once is a coincidence, two and three are a pattern. You know what I mean? So it's time yeah. for a new logo. It's a holdover from when we were torontogamedevs.com too. Um, and then we broadened our scope of coverage. But two news stories this week. You know Cuphead. It's the biggest indie game to come out of Canada oh, probably ever. Uh, it celebrated five years this past week, September 29th. Gentlemen, do you remember where you were when Cuphead launched? <laughs> Has it only been five years? That only? I'm on the other end of that in terms of my perspective of time. Like, that feels... Oh, wait, I guess it does. No, you're right. That would be the right way to say it. It feels like a lot longer ago than it actually is, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, like, I've got... I I love Cuphead. Mm. Like, I, I immediately fell in love with it. And I picked up one of the, um, like, they were offering these, uh, like, boss shadow boxes. And I picked up one of the uh, Calamaria shadow boxes. <laughs> and it's been sitting. I haven't mounted it yet. So the, the reason I say, like, already five years is 
it's covered in dust. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It's just been sitting. We all it's have that game that's still in the wrap somewhere, just shaming yeah. us. Um, <laughs> I bring it up because Cuphead, of course, developed by mainly they were in Oakville. I don't know if they still are. They've come into quite a bit of money lately. But uh, Studio <laughs> MDHR, they've also worked with developers all across Canada, developers in Toronto, in Ottawa, in Saskatoon. Or I'm gonna mess it up. Somewhere west of us, uh, and so it's a truly Canadian joint. Even the soundtrack is by a Toronto composer, uh, and they are finally, in what seems like a brain obvious move, uh, releasing a physical version on Xbox One, PS4, and Switch with I Am Eight Bit. Do you guys know I Am Eight Bit? They're one of my favorite. Companies. No, no, I, I don't I know that one. Uh, that's okay. So yeah. No, that's good. You guys are making games, not covering them. That's that's how it's supposed to be. See, you come on yeah. here to just like poke your eyes above the the cloud see, and see what's going on. Uh, it's coming later this year. No other details yet. Sign for the mailing list. Yada yada yada. Did you know there's a Cuphead TV show on Netflix that got uh, renewed for two more seasons <laughs> this yep, year? I've already uh, already gone through first Whoa. second season. Is it good? <laughs> You know what? It's yeah, it, it, it's okay. Mm. I I no, again, it got good huge, reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being a huge fan of of Cuphead, I was watching like waiting for it to to kind of follow exactly the story in the in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, but it was done well enough that uh, I, I've got kids and oh, it's okay that I can watch it with them. There's no like swearing or anything like that, and they find it really entertaining as well. So you know what they they did a good job. It's very, um, that's what I'm looking for. Not inviting, but anybody accessible. can pick it up and accessible. That's there the word. Yeah. yeah, we gotta tell that to Steve because he's always looking for. Uh, he has a two year old turning three, I think. Mm-hmm. And this week, actually, no, today. That's why he can't record. Oh wow, full circle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's always looking for TV shows. So I should recommend the Cuphead show to him with your endorsement. Yeah, yeah. And then the the theme song will get stuck in your head. It's, mm, I it's mean, awesome. the, the theme song to the game got stuck in my head. It's so yeah. good. Um, and my I, girlfriend I actually, and I routinely do like the the acapella together. We try to harmonize it, you know, from like the, the Cuphead <laughs> awesome. and his pal Mugman. Yeah, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I yeah, no, I I frequently actually listen to the soundtrack, um, like on Spotify. Oh I, yeah, I love it. Big love band, it. big band yep. jazz. Oh, it's so good. Uh, Cuphead hit six million copies sold as of its PS4 launch in July 2020. So I assume wow. we got to be at like seven or eight and, and this physical coffee, like probably hitting 10 in the next year or two. Like mm-hmm. it's Cuphead. You know what else is there to say? The physical copy will include the DLC, the delicious last course, which is yes. a joke because it's DLC. DLC. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they announced that dlc sold a million copies in its first two weeks after it launched wow. at the end of june earlier this year you know what i so for that i i had been waiting for this dlc because uh, they announced it like oh years ago years and years and years ago and i honestly thought they had abandoned it because <laughs> i was like where is this dlc like i i want more cuphead i need more levels mm-hmm. um but i'm glad it was finally coming out I will add to that uh, those sales, and I'll, I'll definitely be picking it up uh, on a physical copy as well. 
I always uh, get a physical because, copy. Because, yeah, I love lending yeah. it to people. Well, I like looking at it on the shelf, of course. But I have actually, like, I buy a lot of these physical copies of indie games and just lend them to people who I know won't. Like, they play three games a year, Call of Duty, a sports game, Call of Duty. and, like, yeah. one other yeah. game. <laughs> it's either Dying Light or the new CDPR game, you know, whatever came out. And I lend them my copy of, like, Firewatch, Grindstone, those kinds of games. Like, you got to play. You get, you, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So congrats to the team, Studio NDHR, uh, on yeah, that. Yeah, congrats. Staying in right. Toronto for our next news story. Gentlemen, are you familiar with the uh, war, massively multiplayer war game Foxhole? No. no. So actually, this that's okay, because this, <laughs> this also just came on my radar this year, and it was honestly a couple months ago one of my friends, Emily, was getting really into this game and was like, they're actually in Toronto. They're like literally a few blocks from my house. I'm like, whoa, that's really cool. Oh, and right. so I started following them, but that's how I figured them uh, out. But this game has been in early access for five years. Uh, they've put loads of work in this game. It uh, has a extensive... Mm, that's not the right word. It has a active and it's seemingly for the most part helpful discord community who's been shaping the game's development uh and a quick pitch for the game is it's one of these big war games where you're you're commanding but um lots of troops and tanks and supply lines and you have where you manufacture you need to get it to the front where it can be deployed you're you're shaping the terrain through trench digging and road making but the premise is these wars are taking place over weeks and weeks like of real life time like actual wars so every player is a soldier uh you can uh go to the factory and produce you can go to the front line you can become an artillery sniper medic like there's lots of things to do in the game uh and you basically just like whenever you log in like the war is still going like what do you want to do like oh i'm gonna go dig some trenches gonna go help run stuff to the front line, going to go lay train tracks. Uh, and that is the big thing with this update. Uh, of course, whenever these early access games leave, they launch with a big update. This one's called the Inferno update, uh, which adds railroads, which apparently was a long awaited addition to the game. Cause you know, it's the world wars, the rains, the uh, railroads were pretty important. Um, yeah. So awesome. wanted to plug that and congrats to them. It has, uh, let's see, Steve and I like to look at the steam reviews, 21,000 very positive reviews with the wow. most funny being, uh, my first, no, these are too long. I need a good funny. <laughs> um, here we go. Little story here. First night playing this game. I spent my entire time fighting for control of a single bridge. I was downed and dying and the medic started to save me. I told him if I die to tell my, Oh, wow no no never mind the the funny reviews are a different kind of funny not for this programming (laughs) but that's foxhole uh updated for no out now do you guys play mmos or any of these big multiplayer experiences i i wish i had the time to play kind of anything Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so like Uh, we we've we've been since started work on on specter um it's been we've been both kind of heads down uh just working, grinding, getting it out. And because of that, like I've missed a lot of of like news and updates and things like that. But like even when the uh, they had just recently announced the PSVR two, mm-hmm. um, which is huge, impressive piece of a um, like hardware, I I had no idea until like a friend brought it up to me, like, oh I think I'm gonna get one. <laughs> I'm like, oh it's it's coming out. Like <laughs> that's funny. But yeah, so just kind of throw that disclaimer out there. That's all right. That's why you guys got to come on more podcasts because this will be the like intense 
get you caught up Exposure. on at least a yeah. week's worth of news. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Foxhole. Uh, quote from the studio, an overhauled logistics game trains and an arsenal of new weapons. The Inferno update allows players to create unique transportation systems, infrastructure, industrial facilities that will redefine how logistics supports the thousands of players on the front line. And yeah, that is, it's cool watching the trailer for this game because it is just like a bunch of people running around doing war. And I know war is a serious <laughs> thing, but when it's gamified like this and there's, you know, people like teabagging and stuff, it is funny. But yeah, that's Foxhole. That sounds wow. really cool. That sounds cool. That sounds very cool. Like, I, I would be into that. And it's awesome that they're Torontonians as well. And apparently I've heard a extensive, um, not extensive, I used that word twice in this episode. I'm cutting it. Extensive's cut. Um, a very... <laughs> uh, dedicated and, and welcoming trans community within foxhole that my friend was telling me about and there's just a lot oh, of wow. really cool trans in players game? who are just yeah in foxhole as like a group playing together uh so yeah if you're a little war nerd looking for a little trans community <laughs> check out foxhole So you guys want to boot up Steam here on your computers. We're going to add some games to our wish list in a segment we call Wish List This. For those who don't know, before I joined this program, Steve and Brett, rest in peace, would frequently wish list games. While they were talking about them, they would just be like, oh, this looks cool. I'm going to add to my wish list. And I observed this, and I said, hey, let's create a segment every week. Pick three Canadian games, add them to our wish list, and that way we help uh, boost the, the Canadian indies against the torrential downpour of 17,000 releases a year that come out on Steam and maybe buoy them to the surface. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. mm. All right. Awesome. Our first our first game this week is Super Colony, one word, uh, by Antic Games, Inc. So type in Super Colony there. Let me know when you find uh, it. I see it. Yeah, I've got it. Releasing Ants. TBD. Oh, that's awesome. Quote. I'm gonna, I like to do a, a movie theater voice for this. So... <clears throat> A real-time ant colony simulation game set in the hostile world of insects. Fight for resources, build underground networks, learn from the environment, harvest DNA from insects, and evolve new ant abilities and guide hundreds of ants to build a global super colony. Um, nice. how, how do you not wishlist it nice. after a description <laughs> like that? Uh, so from the trailer, it seems to me like uh, you sort of like click and move. The, it's like click to move and act. Like, you know, that like type RGS. of game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it. And then you uh, you start to gather resources, take them back to the queen, create more ants to send out. And then, you know, it scales. We've all seen this. Uh, you have, like, sort of a ant upgrade screen you use to the change yeah. the DNA of your ants to give them cool abilities. Like, you start with fast basic legs. ants. <laughs> yeah, fast legs. <laughs> this one says trap jaw. This one says Acadia symbiosis. Yes. That's close yep. to you guys. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So apparently you're going to mutate these ants a bunch. Um, and the one thing Steve and I love to do is scroll down, look at this theme description, and you got to have gifts. And, and you guys have gifts. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't mention it, not, if not to make you feel bad. But yeah, gifts <laughs> in the Steam page description are key. And, and uh, it's a great way to, I think, uh, quickly explain what it's like to play your game. Mm-hmm. What do we think of Super Colony from Antic Games in British Columbia? So the thing that sold me on it mm. was the, and you know, surprise, surprise, the art style. Mm. <laughs> it looks great. I mm. love this. Yeah, I love the art style on it. Yeah, this, uh, this game looks great. It's super zoomed out, hexagonal perspective. Um, yeah. I'm, that's like, the one, the, the one joke me and Steve always have is like, we're bad at like describing styles. <laughs> uh, like we know this game looks like this, but we can't like the, the most recent one. And you might as an artist be able to help us is like, what's the pixel art that like Russian subway dogs or, um, those kind of games have where like, there's a black outline and it looks like pixel art, but it's like smooth. So like, we always get to that point with, uh, describing a game's art style and then go that's how it looks to us and there's probably a word for that but we oh. don't know it so yeah no i can't help it there uh, that's okay <laughs> it's, 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 it's unique <laughs> there's a couple I'm other just games at images of, of russian subway dogs mm. right now yeah i, I don't yeah. know what that's called either way it's great there's got to be a name somewhere in the annals of art wikipedia it's like like a hired up pixel art but well, I remember the Owlboy uh, I, devs said high bit for a while when describing Owlboy. They're like, it's not eight, it's not like uh, eight bit or sixteen eight bit. Or 16 it's or, yeah. high bit, which I always thought was funny. Like high when you bit. just make up a genre, like a Death Stranding <laughs> is a strand is a strand game, and I'm like, that's you just made that up. But that's okay, you know. <laughs> if something didn't exist to describe what you're doing, you make it. All right. So at this point yeah. in in talking about Super Colony, I ask is it on your steam wish list it's already on there yeah i when when we were doing the voice i added it okay and then i have a little uh, magical sound effect i play um when sebastian of gearbox quebec was on the podcast he said you need a little magic sound effect so he gave me one and now whenever someone wishlists a game i, I play it nice all right, next right. game today on Wishlist. This Red Trigger 2 by Bold Spirit Game Studios. So why don't you go and type in Red Trigger 2, all spaces. Uh, by Bold Spirit Games in Montreal, release date TBD. Quote, Red Trigger 2 is an FPS puzzle game inspired by Portal, Anti-Chamber, and more. Use a gun that it can expand or retract red blocks, but you can only expand three at a time, so you'll need to manage your energy wisely. Those red blocks are used in many different and ingenious ways. What do we think of Red Trigger 2? Well, awesome. you, 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 you've got me at inspired by Portal. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Come on. It's No, I, I love clever, outside-of-the-box thinking. Mm. Um, yes. Puzzles, games like this. Uh, you know, namely, Portal. <laughs> Portal 2. Um, no, this... This looks promising. So it's first person in a very, uh, this is low poly uh, um, art style. And you you can shoot, um, there's like, you know, in a Mario game when like a, something comes out of a wall for you to jump on for a couple seconds, then it slides yeah. back in. There's those everywhere. You can shoot them with your gun and it'll extend them. But you, as they say in the description, only shoot three at a time. So you're trying to figure out how to solve all these, it seems pretty momentum based like portal uh first person platforming puzzles um 
Yeah. I, I, I saw like in one of the screenshots a, a grappling hook of sorts. Hmm. Upon uh, a couple towers. Oh yeah, scroll down here. We got some beautiful. I love when they do the gifts with their own like banners and, and throw some text in there. It just mm-hmm. I don't know, but it almost at some point takes away from the text under it. Like why would you look at that boring just HTML text when there's a GIF with text on it right above it? That's just yeah. a an aside. Uh, any any other thoughts on Red Sugar Two? You have a cat you can pet, which is important. The oh, cat's that, the cat's that, named Off Guard. <laughs> Excellent. That's, no, that that may be the most important selling point. Sold. All right. Cats, I'm good. <laughs> is Red Trigger Two from Montreal-based Bold Spirit Game Studios on your gentleman's wish list? That is. Yeah, I I had that. Yeah, this looks mint. I need Excellent. to check out the first one too. So it looks like uh, the first oh, one was. I was gonna say. The first one is what? at 2,000, very positive reviews, free to play on Steam. This is a great catch. The top funny review: Red Trigger equals Portal. Minus portal gun plus Mr. Clean on steroids. Quite the description. I guess. From, uh, from no, I don't No, I don't know what that means either, but Yeah, great catch. Play the first red trigger entirely free on Steam. Yeah. Excellent. I will be trying that out. Yeah. Alright, next game today on Wishlist This is of course your game, Spectre by Symbiosis what? in Toronto, Ontario. Let's look at this Steam page. Quote. Employ stealth tactics as the Spectres, or defend your objectives as the heavily armed Reapers in this thrilling, teamwork-driven, multiplayer action experience. TBD. Wow. 2023. I have to ask, because I've caught a couple developers before, is this game on your guys' wishlist? <laughs> Can you wishlist a game that... Um, oh, you are you signed into your developer is account? It on my, uh, you know what? It's, you I'm can't. on my oh. I actually can. There I you actually go. can edit my wish list. So don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. Easy. We're gonna review uh, the. We're gonna review this. Okay. Well, I'll play the sound there. Uh, but I'm sorry. We'll hold it and then uh, here I'll wish list it at the end and we'll play the sound. But uh, let's let's mm, review sweet. the Steam page here. Did you guys make the Steam page? I assume we you did. did. We did. What was the? Because we rarely get to look at a Steam page with the people who made it in with us. Um, mm-hmm. How much thought was put into the Steam page? Because you're a year out, and we we observe that Steam pages change over time. They get. Yep. Uh, prettier, closer to launch, uh, and this is obviously far out from launch. Relatively, uh, what went into the creation of Spectre's Steam page? So this is the I would say second iteration, actually, two point five mm. of our Steam page. The first one, you know, didn't have the gifs or gifs. Um, for uh, in it, it was you know purely it's just the text and everything like that. And this was way before this when we first announced. Um, we we did things a little, I guess, prematurely. Mm. Um, <laughs> we 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 were pretty early on in development when we made the Steam page and the announcement trailer and everything like that. Um, kind of a little oblivious to the mountain of work ahead mm. of us. Um, you know, we didn't really follow any templates or anything like that. We didn't look up. We had no experience doing it. We just made something that we felt would add or kind of describe the game well. Hmm. Um, the second iteration came, I would say, about a year ago when Fred added the animations um, to the page uh, in the descriptions. Actually, that would have been after our Reaper announcement trailer. Um, and now that I'm seeing all those other pages, we've we've got a personalized <laughs> animations in the description. We we can spruce this up a bit. 
There's um, always more room to improve, but yeah, we love a nice uh, text on a GIF. Uh, hit the bullet points page personally i i don't know we haven't really discussed this with other critics really but maybe we should and uh it it wasn't until recently um as we were getting prepared for next fest Hmm. that you know i updated the uh the images a lot of very specific dimension images you need right for like the live stream there has to be like a left and right specific sized image and then yeah like eight different sizes of the key art for all the different ways it can appear in the store yep well, we were, um, it's a lot of work. Time, yeah. And, and the first time we submitted it, uh, for next test, because next test has specific, uh, art required. Um, they, two of our images were declined and they're like, these are incompatible or, um, they're the logos obscured. They need to be redone. Hmm. I was like, what? They, there's no way. Like I, I used their template and looked at it, but it was, they, they put this like, demo overlay over one of the corners and it was blocking the specter um like pop so we just flipped the image and it worked (laughs) man it's 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 finicky is how i would describe it Mm -hmm. it's a fair Um, uh, description i'm just reading through our own description of the game and some of it's it some of it's out of date like first of all it's very outdated it's not not written all that well which is which is my fault because i wrote it but (laughs) But uh, yeah, like like some of the uh, the description of like the Reapers, a wild, well financed private military company. So since having written this, we've actually like refined our lore, like the lore behind the game, and mm. none of this really applies anymore. Oh no, <laughs> this is so we uh, not probably, canon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we should probably give this a once over. Uh, maybe after the demos, that we have a little bit of time to read. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think being the, the difficulty with being a, a two-man team is that we're responsible for everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so that, that requires a lot of prioritization. I mean, like, we, just using this example, I mean, we really should. But we could either update the, the Steam page or, you know, finish up a map. <laughs> or like right. That. Or make or more of the game. game to sell to people to pay our, yes. our, ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or get the, uh, you know, finish up audio mm-hmm. in, in a portion of the map or fix bugs, things like that. And, you know, it, it, I would say nine times out of time, the game takes priority. Unless it's something quick, we can just, you know, bang out of the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, even our website hadn't been updated in ages. Yeah. Websites um, are hard, though. As somebody works on a website every day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and also finicky. Yeah, I, I would love when we have time to explore, maybe even have somebody take that over and and actually have a designer go through and like a someone who works in that field and like does web dev to mm. to fix up the uh, something because, something say a, a publisher might do, which uh, is, it might be a question mm-hmm. I have later. But before we get to that, let's wrap up wish list this, and I'll just say. I know it's on it's on yours, Jordan's, but but Fred is Spectre from Symbiosis Games in Toronto, Ontario, on your Steam wish list. It is one hundred percent on my Steam wish list. Excellent. You know what? I was following the game, but I had not wish list our own. There game. we go. <laughs> well, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because when I asked, I'm like, "Can you wish list your own game?" Mm-hmm. And because I had, I also had not wishlisted our own game, so it's, it's like voting. It's now on our yeah. Like the, the president can vote for himself. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you can wishlist your own game. No one's gonna get mad at you. Yeah. Steve's not yeah, gonna be like, ah, this one doesn't count. You're not gonna buy yeah. the game. 
<laughs> take the wish list off. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the release of our game. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, let's cut to another song, and then I've got some questions for you guys about the team and the game that we'll go over. How's that sound? Beauty. You mentioned in your interview with IGN, you two met at a restaurant. Can I ask which one and where was it? I'm so happy you asked, actually. Yeah, we, we recently revisited the uh, infamous restaurant where we uh, where we, we met. So um, being a Canadian, I, I'm sure you have, you're familiar with it. Um, East Side Mariam's. Mm, hey, bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we we both worked at Eastside Mario's, That's and awesome. um, the so I guess Jordan was walking by. Like we we previously weren't friends; we were just kind of acquaintances or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and this is how cool I am. I <laughs> I was at the the front of the restaurant. I think flirting with the host mm-hmm. girl. Right. And and the way I was flirting with her was I was talking to her about Splinter Cell. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's how cool I am. Uh, that's 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 how much game I have. Um, <laughs> luckily, Jordan walked by, and he is a fellow nerd, um, and overheard the conversation about Splinter Cell. And his ears just ever- spun like a radar, like ding 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 Splinter Cell. My ears perked up, and I saw. I was like, "Are you playing Splinter Cell Chaos here?" Yes. And then, like from that moment, immediately we just kind of. It off, and we've been best friends ever since. The funniest part of that story is still just Fred talking to a girl like, "Do you play <laughs> Splinter Cell?" <laughs> it's just very good. I assume in 2005 you had some maybe yeah. a chain coming out of your pocket, maybe like a slap band on. Yeah. What were we rocking here? I guess the Eastside Mario's uniform. Maybe, but... maybe frosted <laughs> tips. Was, yes. was that a thing? 2005. Yes, excellent. Olive, olive green Eastside Mario's uh, you know, polo. I think that's when Axe body spray was was starting to become a thing. Oh man, <laughs> that's that's what I remember. Axe body spray, <laughs> like yeah, a crappy yeah. necklace. Excellent, excellent. Um, if you guys had to guess, how many hours of either just Chaos Theory or the the whole franchise of Splinter Cell do you think you've logged? Oh jeez, I I would say a thousand hours into the mm. whole franchise, into the whole it, like across all all of the games. And mm-hmm. I, it, it when I say it, it actually doesn't seem like that much. You know what? I don't so, know. <clears throat> I, I'm comparing my playtime to my biggest, or one of the games I have, I guess, the most time logged are Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne. <laughs> and I've got about 300 each. And I'm looking, I'm trying to like measure the time. You're trying to extrapolate that. that yeah, to, exactly. To, to Splinter Cell. So if one Bloodborne is 300 <laughs> hours and the <laughs> exactly. one Splinter uh, 2.5 Splinter Cells is one Bloodborne, <laughs> I play. I, I would be confident saying, I, I would say 
the entire series about 500 hours okay okay a nice conservative estimate uh, you guys mentioned uh, on your site that your industry veterans reunited for symbiosis games i'm curious from working at eastside mario's talking chaos theory to announcing developing working on spectre what were each of your paths through the industry to this point i guess jordan if you want to go first me? Yeah. Um, you know, mine is going to be a quick answer. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I, That's I, I awesome. Helped. Yeah. Um, no, this is my first time taking on a game. Excellent. Um, and it was, I guess that needs to be updated too. Fred is no. with the experience in, uh, in game dev. But no, for me, it's this is my, my first undertaking. Um, Had you worked in art previously? Nope. Huh, that's awesome. Like my, my previous role, I was a uh, senior computer systems engineer, and so like all <laughs> this tech, sounds way more fun. <laughs> it is it good. Is. Um, I mean, I, I loved my role and my position, um, mm. but no, this is this more like I wake up and I love starting work and when working on these maps and on this game, even like after hours when you know outside of I guess regular working hours. I will often come back down uh, to my office and, and work some more because I enjoy it. I sincerely enjoy it so much. It's it's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, this is this is my first undertaking on a game. Fred's answer, Fred's answer might be a little more interesting. Well, Fred, uh, Fred, how about I you? Mean, from from I, Marios to Symbiosis, what's the like jumping the <laughs> constellations <laughs> chart path? Well, okay, so okay, all right, so um, I have been programming uh since i was i was a kid when mm. when i was really young i always knew working on video games was was something i really um wanted to do so i i learned a bit of c plus plus when i was maybe 12 or 13 and i started kind of working on games as a hobby then um and then you know fast forward a, a couple years maybe to when i'm 16 or so um you know programming games became less of a um priority in my life uh because you know i i was 16 and, and wanted to hang out with girls and oh, stuff yeah. like that so, so i kind of dropped the hobby at that point and then you fast forward you wait, know wait, a you're, lot you're, of years you're trying to tell me programming games and picking up girls as a 16 year old were not yeah. symbiotic at all <laughs> I, I, help I one another i know it's hard to believe i i know it's it's difficult to, to believe but yeah huh. um tell, okay, tell the girls <laughs> like having zero tan uh, being white as a ghost <laughs> and spending all my time in front of the computer. Uh, it didn't drive well with like, you know, uh, impressing girls at that age. I, I still don't understand it, oh, man. but it's, that's just a fact. It was a fact of life back in the day. So it probably is uh, less so, but still <laughs> a factor. Like, Hey, you went to C sharp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It just, it doesn't translate well. Um, want to see my so rendering pipeline. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. That <laughs> was null pointer. <laughs> Oh goodness! Okay, <laughs> we're going to a dark place here. <laughs> no, no, we can see. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, fast, fast forward a lot of a lot of years, and um, you know, I am married and, and have a couple kids now. And um, maybe about eight years ago, I I kind of picked the hobby back up. Mm. You know, um, uh, impressing girls is no longer a thing in my life. Mission anymore. accomplished, <laughs> right? Yeah, scratch so that off. Yeah, it's done. So I, I was able to kind of pick up that old hobby, and I got back into it. Um, I, I kind of got back into it uh, by 
making some uh, smaller projects in Unity. I ended up working on a Paper Mario-inspired RPG hmm. with a really talented artist, and we worked on a game called Auto. Um, and Auto, I it, to date, it's it's one of my uh, you know most uh, proudest uh, accomplishments working in, in games. Um, and we tried to get Auto uh, published. We tried to get it financed, and just the way things worked, it, it didn't end up working out, and we just couldn't really afford to kind of keep working on auto the way we were so um you know back to reality and working you know uh boring jobs uh you know here and there Mm -hmm. and then um and then COVID hit and um i at the time lived in uh just outside of toronto and jordan um ended up moving about four hours away and so here i was in the middle of the pandemic and my best friend wasn't around (laughs) and um I, I called him up and I said, hey, man, you want to work on a video game? You know, as an excuse to kind of hang out with my friend. He was now four hours away mm-hmm. during the pandemic and uh, he was all on board. And, That's you know, awesome. he, he he says that he's, you know, never worked on, on games or anything like that. And um, it's not entirely true. I've actually I've worked on smaller uh, little indie projects and I've, I've come to him uh, oh, with yeah. uh, little requests for graphics and audio Did and stuff like that. And he's always games? come through. <laughs> That's awesome. I have. I have. That's... So yeah, when I heard you saying that, I'm like, man, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> you know, because I, I you you this. have worked on games. Yeah, so. you have worked on games. You just didn't. I don't know. You just you know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> your name wasn't on the box or anything like that. But you no, know, so, you so the, the, okay. So we did we did work in games before by mistake. Nice. <laughs> there were there were smaller like like very very small scale um, the like the mobile projects and then the other one we started uh, it was still in this concept phase though. Mm. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so there have been some other things. <laughs> and, oh, <laughs> I apologize, but okay, so those were my first undertaking. But there Excellent. wasn't much into them. No, to give you, uh, you know, Fred said like we would hang out, and now I lived uh, four hours away. To give you an idea of like the difference between that, um, we after all these years uh, lived on the same block, hmm. <laughs> so like I could walk around the block or stumble. Uh, stumble. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so most nights, crawling. Most nights it would be a stumble, but less than I would say three minutes away. Just, so you decided until after you moved four hours away to start working together. Makes yeah. sense to me, right? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what version control is for, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And it's yeah. funny you mentioned uh, using game development as an excuse to hang out. Because Steve and I often joke, if we didn't record this podcast, we wouldn't hang out nearly as much as we should. So that's It's it's connecting through work, which I think. Yeah, it is. It works and sometimes. I feel like even we speak more now mm. than... Than we did even when we uh, like live beside each other. When we, when we live beside each other, just be like, "Hey, want to hang out?" Sure. Mm. And then like we'd pop over and, and we'd we'd obviously chat in person. Mm-hmm. But now, um, you know, and it, it isn't just talking about game dev or talking about the game itself. Like we do the stuff. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yes, this is an explicit okay. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like even to shoot the shit and mm-hmm. complain about things and yeah, no. Excellent. I, I, have, that. I have to ask, uh, Spectre, T-R-E. Now, this is a point of contention in my life with my friends, uh, specifically around uh, the word center. Uh, even yep. looking at my Google Doc right now, there's a red underline, and when I right-click it, it says, did you mean Spectre, T-E-R? So I have to ask, 
How do we land on TRE? Um, go ahead. Probably, <laughs> yeah, no, probably Canadian. Okay, Canadian excellent, roots. excellent. And I, I remember when we were thinking about it, um, the title of the game, we had brought that same thing up. Like, do we do RE or ER? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck no, we're from Toronto. Like, that's that's RE for excellent. Canadian. I, I, I feel like Spectre spelled like in ER, it just, that doesn't look right to me. It, it looks... It doesn't look right at all. I don't know. See, I, I, can't went, even, I can't wrap my head around it. I went to Center Wellington District High School, Center Wellington TRE. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, no, wait. The high school might have been the different one. One of them was different. Nope, they were both RE, I'm imagining. But yeah, that does feel more comfortable to me because it's like just what I grew up around. Yep. And the movie, the James Bond movie, is RE2. So you know what? Maybe... Canadians and British will just bully everyone else into the RE. Yeah, that's it. All right. Um, One of the first impressions for me when uh, you guys, uh, or Fred, you sent me those two IGN articles in a trailer. uh, And when I realized this was two people, I was like, whoa. And it looks like that. Because this looks like, you know, the high end indie sort of mid AAA expensive wet ground in a 3d way you know what i mean like this looks yeah that took a long time this looks so expensive and as someone who's worked on some 3d games i'm like how are two people making this like that was my my first gut reaction so i as my first question how are two people making this game well it 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 is a team of two i mean symbiosis games is uh myself and jordan however we Mm. are supported by a small army of Mm. contractors um You know, people that we've hired to do all the things that we uh, can't do or don't have the time to do. Mm-hmm. For example, like our, our character models, the, the Spectrum Reaper, although designed by Jordan, mm-hmm. um, actually they were modeled by um, an artist that is not, you know, um, part of that two-man group, gotcha. uh, if that makes any sense. And then on top of that, you know, we have people doing um, some audio and... Um, animations. Uh, yeah, animations, some special effects. So it... It, it we are like symbiosis games is a team of two for sure but mm-hmm. uh, we are definitely supported by a lot more than just uh, ourselves and so, what i would uh, mm. so, uh what i would also say there is from the get-go um we we had like kind of established our goals or our vision of what this game would be and we'd agreed we want despite being an indie studio we didn't want to use that as a crutch mm. to put out something no i i don't want to no, I'm not going to use the term. I was going to say like <laughs> indie quality, but that that like kind of it's what you picture no, in your head when you say indie game. It's a e- pixel exactly. art platformer. It's an action game. That's okay. That's just what people exactly. picture when they hear indie. Right, right, exactly. So we, I didn't want to use that. Be like, oh, you know, it's it's low poly or whatever. Mm. Uh, but you know, we're just a studio too. Like, no, we are planning or we set out to make a triple a game mm-hmm. on an indie budget and you know what i think we're knocking it out of the park <laughs> uh fred you told ign in that interview quote you don't need to experience triple a sales like the bigger companies do end quote so i am curious that that is a very high ceiling like the sales expectations of triple a games so that uh, that mm-hmm. quote itself doesn't really tell me but like what is what does a successful launch of spectre look like to symbiosis in terms of if you can like units sold or like a dollar amount or just like player count or even just like anything else you want to add about what that would look like 
Well, I mean, you know, since that article came out, yeah. uh, that article was published in September of 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, we have been fortunate enough to um, have, we haven't been uh, picked up by a publisher or anything like that, but we have received funding for this game. So, Excellent. Uh, yeah, so a, a private investor um, who just happens to be a, a fan of you know the old spies versus mercs back in the day huh. um he en- he ended up joining our discord and he happens to be a very successful um uh, business person down in california and he, he kind of saw that you know we were struggling to add features without a ton of cash and we were struggling to um you know meet deadlines or anything like that while we were struggling to um you know um go to our jobs every day um and so he he approached us and he said hey um, you guys want want to work on Spectre full time, and, and you want the rest of the project financed? Uh, sign on the dotted line. And, you guys and got so reverse Shark Tanked. That's <laughs> yeah. so cool. No, that was <laughs> it. And, and, and like he, he, the the agreement, it wasn't um, at all. We we ran it by legal and everything like that, but it, it wasn't at all like you know he's trying to take advantage of us or anything like that or like. Hell, finance this, and but haha, I own the game, and you're going to make it the way I want. No, been, not at all. He, he's been absolutely incredible. It's it's like is, he's so like, this is I just will give you guys money from you his guys. perspective. An investment, like just like wanting, to, like is it like he's hoping to get a return on this game, or just wanted to see this game made, and he'll probably make some so, money. I don't know how much we're allowed to speak of it, right? Of course, <laughs> but it, it's not. No, it's it honestly is. The way it's all set up, like he is sincerely enthusiastic about the game, um, and huh. it's yeah, he, he is helping us to make this happen. That's so. I want awesome. to shut him out. Are we allowed to? You can if you want, and you're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure, like you know, if Spectre made him some money as an investor, I'm sure he wouldn't you know turn it away. Or right, like of that. course. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I I think of him as like just a really big fan. Uh, who has huh. enough money to have you know supported us financially um, for the rest of um, Spectre's development, including post-launch support? So mm. we've been we've been really really fortunate. He's a patron. Uh, you, you guys, the uh, Michelangelo's David is Spectre, and he's the the Vatican the bourgeois, yeah. <laughs> and you are you are the the the. Uh, no, the patron's the person paying. You're the artist that he's using to not using, sorry, helping make uh, something he wants to see realized. You know, it's it's history's a flat yeah, circle. Exactly. <laughs> so that but does. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go he ahead. He was even he was even in the uh, he'd let us know like first time we met everything like that. He's he had been in the Discord for like five or six months before even approaching us. He's That's like, crazy. Yeah. So like he he'd been following the project and this is his first time. He's like, I've never done this before, but. Like, let's let's do this. That's awesome. Um, so I am curious about Spectre's monetization. Is it going to be uh, like thirty nine ninety nine sort of mid budget at launch, or do we have any sense of that yet? We're kind of um, uh, kind of thinking about different ways that we can monetize Spectre. There's been all kinds of ideas kind of being thrown around. Um, Jordan has some ideas. I've, I've got different ideas. Our mm. investor, um, although. Our investors generally completely hands off. Mm-hmm. That's the way he likes to uh, kind of operate. He's had some ideas too. Um, so the the plan all along has been to 
um, you know, release the game at, at a price point. Um, I, I think we were probably thinking around $30 Canadian mm-hmm. and, um, and have people buy the game and play it and enjoy it. And, you know, just like any other traditional release, um, mm-hmm. we've been, we've been eyeing, you know, alternatives to that, um, you know, software as a service or, um, maybe like a freemium type of thing at mm-hmm. this point. Um, and I know it's like, it's kind of later in development because I mean we're we're, we're, we're in alpha. <laughs> uh, we're in alpha now. We're moving into a beta soon, but uh, so we should probably make a decision pretty soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's still up in the air, and um, I I don't know for sure which direction uh, we're going to go. Mm. You mentioned yeah. uh, in your interview with IGN um, that there will be an ability system of sorts called Edges that gives uh, extra seemingly temporary perks to the players. This reminded me, like, I thought of the Titanfall 2 burn cards right away. Like, at the start of a match, you can, like, select something to use that match. And then I yeah. thought right away, I'm like, oh, that would be something very easy to monetize. Uh, are Edges uh, going to be monetized? No. no, no, it's just a well, sort of feature in the like, game. I- I say no now. It's mm. so the thing like us being um, gamers ourselves, like we we know what we like about games mm-hmm. and, and like seeing games and things we don't. Um, I hate the whole you know everything's locked, but if you pay twenty bucks, like you can have max level everything. That's mm. that seems so like a cheap kind of money grab to me. Um, you cheated right now, not only our, the game but yourself. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you've already paid. Um, like I'm gonna use bigger titles, for example. <clears throat> like if I'm already paying eighty bucks for your title, mm-hmm. why do I want to pay an additional twenty dollars on top of that for weapons already in the game mm-hmm. or things already in the game? Like just that—that's uh, that's my biggest pet peeve is, is when it's like, oh, you want to play as um, I don't know, bat in the game or whatever, mm. and you know, hey, that'll be twenty bucks, and then and then you pay it and it unlocks it, but you didn't download anything. You know, yeah. the, the content <laughs> that you just paid for is on the disc. Mm-hmm. They're just charging you more money. And oh, I hate it. It's disgusting. I don't know. Like, I, 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 you know, I have this fear that one day, you know, uh, you're going to be playing games and then you're going to be charged, like, you know, per bullet that you shoot during <laughs> the game. So let's say, you know, you, you play a multiplayer game and you sh- shot your gun a bunch of times and then your credit card bill comes in. It's like, oh, well, you know, okay, you shot 200 bullets uh, this match. That'll be uh, $16. Oh, what a or, terrible you know, Black Mirror episode. I would yeah, hate that so much. <laughs> right? Oh, no. And if we're not careful, I think we're I, – I, I, I think – uh, I'm not going to mention any companies specifically, but I will. I think some EA, companies- Ubisoft, 2K, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bethesda, exactly. cowards exactly. and fools. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think they would be very happy offering that kind of uh, uh, monetization system. So, mm. and I, as a gamer, I don't want that as, right. as a, you know, as as uh, a business owner or whatever you want to call it i don't i don't want to operate like that mm-hmm. nickel and diming our gamers for every little tiny experience yeah i no. mean you, J- jordan and i were very clear right from the beginning um and it's one of the reasons we've been kind of hesitant about um offering like a an early release title is that we mm-hmm. want to give people something that they can really sink their teeth into right off the bat mm-hmm. and, and not have to you know crack your wallet open every time um you know you want a certain experience we, we want it we want to give you the full package and and we, we don't want Enjoy. to overcharge you or anything like that exactly mm. like yeah absolutely Excellent. and and yeah even even from the beginning of de- development 
um, this this went into our vision as well. Like, what are we trying to build, or what are we trying to make? Um, so beyond being like, you know, we want this game to look and feel like a AAA game, um, despite not having the AAA studio or, or like budget behind us. Um, there are also a lot of we call them adamants. This is just between us. Gotcha. We can if there's something either of us don't like, we can put an adamant strike on it, which means like, okay, no questions asked. That's not in the game. And one of those were like microtransactions. Mm. Like we we hate that as as players. Why would we insult into something and fuck over like, other <laughs> players with that same thing? The microtransactions <laughs> is a big umbrella that that precludes some sort of I would call a season pass a microtransaction. I would call a lot of things a microtransaction. So if you're exploring a, like service a game as a service potential potentiality, would oh, that yeah. not uh, you know? So I, I'm I, much more willing to shell out for a season pass than something else, but I'm yeah. still on the side of like, in, I'd rather just give you 40 bucks and play the game. In in my mind, I wouldn't consider a, um, like a season's pass or, or offering some sort of additional service mm. as a, a microtransaction, um, skins, mm. I would consider microtransactions, um, unlocking certain maps or something like that. Like, having the maps available and on disk but being locked like hey you gotta pay 5.99 for this mm-hmm. or this character or things like that that's gross yeah no, we'll never do that good like that, that's us it feels scummy it does like, I, I, I i remember like working um delivering newspapers as a kid mm-hmm. um and i would save up my money from my newspaper job so that i could buy video games and and i i don't know if kids are still delivering newspapers these days but they they're doing something for money right <laughs> the newspapers exist they do <laughs> mowing but... <laughs> maybe they're mowing lawns or whatever i, I don't mm-hmm. know they're, uh, but i mean imagine a, a kid busts his ass to buy a game and then he gets it home and he's excited to play and then you know, kind of from my example before, oh, you want to play as Batman? Well, you know, get back out there and hustle some more, kid. <laughs> Two I, more I, I hate that. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to play the game you want to play? Okay, well, you, you got to work harder for it. You haven't done it yet. And I, that's disgusting to me. That's that's Spectre and Symbiosis games will never be that. Excellent. Yeah. Encouraging words there. Uh, at the time of that IGN interview a year ago, you said, quote, the current plan is to include three maps, two training missions, one per side, two modes, seven gadgets per side, along with a progression system. Is this still the plan? Largely accurate. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, like, I think we probably have more maps. Uh, mm. we more maps. More, we have more gadgets. Yeah. More gadgets uh, and edges, 100%. Oh, we didn't even mention the edges, though. But yeah, oh, we, I, I mentioned them during uh, as like uh, I brought them up in the monetization yeah. question. But if you want to expand uh, on them, I am curious what the edges are. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're okay. So to kind of sideline here, <laughs> go off on a tangent mm-hmm. uh, before returning to the question. The, Absolutely. The, our edge, our edges, um, yeah, are like additional perks that allow the players to further customize the the character to. They allow you to tailor each side to your playstyle. For example, one edge um, as a specter would allow you to take damage, um, or as you take damage, it reduces your energy bar before taking your health. Mm-hmm. I am 
no matter how hard I try to sneak around, I'm a very aggressive player, so I will like <laughs> run for, for the objectives. And that kind of gives me a little bit of a buffer. So like I can get shot a couple a couple times before I die. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of things, um, actually, you know, let me give you a better example. One of the gadgets on the uh, Reaper side allows them audio detection. So it's uh, if there's any noise around them caused by either a specter or one of the gadgets, um, it'll point them in that direction or kind of highlight the direction that the, the audio and the sound is coming from. On the flip side of things, uh, Spectre has an edge that allows them to be undetected on those audio systems. Mind you, the, the devices and gadgets would still be, be detected, but it's kind of like a, a countermeasure to that. Um, if you want to play a little more stealthily and uh, slowly, we've organized them or set them up in a way that every there's no single edge or gadget that trumps everything else. Like there's no there's not a gadget that or an edge that will be unlocked at like max level that is just absolutely OP and would decimate new players. The way we've set it up is each gadget and edge. It's it's like a giant game of rock paper scissors. Like one will always counteract another, but be weak to another one. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Synergies. Well, maybe not between like on your side, but I mean like things playing into each other in, in pre-designed ways mm-hmm. that it's supposed to. Yeah, and, and you know what? On top of that, uh, we have another mechanic called symbiosis wink wink, mm. <laughs> where if um, on your team, uh, if both members select the same edge, you're granted an additional benefit. So Ooh. either an additional perk on top of that or, um, you know, buffed whatever... Uh, the effects of the the edge are. We wanted Spectre to really be a, a team based um, like game, so that it, it you would really benefit from you know hashing out a strategy or mm-hmm. or communicating with your teammate uh, because that's honestly the experience we got with Chaos Theory, and this this all goes back to to what we loved about, <laughs> about the games and and. You know, we, we we want to to share that with a new generation or like modernize it in a way that people can experience that same excitement and, and teamwork and, and real camaraderie um, that that we did. That playing. leads perfectly into my next question, because <laughs> I've wanted to one of the things that I talk a lot about on this show with Steve is people want to like remake an experience they had from the 80s or 90s or 2005 uh but they don't want to apply any of the things we've learned about making games since then uh and the games that jump out of me are the games that try to capture the experience but then make it feel like a modern game the biggest one this year for me was tunic because tunic's trying to capture the feeling of playing zelda one on a crt tv in 1980 whatever where you literally hold the manual like when you open the manual the tv goes backwards and you hold the manual in front of it and like look around the map and what they did was capture that zelda one experience without any of that stupid bullshit in zelda one where you got to put a bomb on this random pixel to blow up to find the seventh dungeon to actually beat the game you never would have found that unless you wasted hours of your life like that's stupid yeah. we've learned not to do that anymore yeah. with specter 
in that interview with IGN, you say, quote, uh, sorry, Fred, you say, quote, a lot of our fans remember Chaos Theory with those roads tinted glasses. It's an incredible game, but we couldn't release that today. The entire experience needed a huge overhaul to bring it up to modern standards. And I completely agree. I think a lot of people, if you, with your backwards compatible Series X, put in Chaos Theory and boot it up and you're like, oh, wow, we didn't really know a lot about making HD games yet and oh wow this UI really does look like the Matrix DVD menu and like oh wow we really learned a lot about making games since 2005 and I'm really curious with Spectre what are the specific ways that you are making Chaos Theory as an experience and a memory you have playable to modern audiences? So um, I, I think the, the one thing that really jumps out at me and um, we we caught a lot of flack in our community for it mm. was was how aiming is done so uh in 2005 it was it was pre call of duty which really you know revolutionized uh, revolutionized how a lot of multiplayer games are, are played these days but in in chaos theory to to aim back then mm-hmm. it was the e key so it, and you would toggle it so you would push the e key he would go into an aim and then you know you could look around aim fire whatever right um and since then like if if we made specter and to aim you had to push the e key um <laughs> it wouldn't make sense like that doesn't translate to uh 2022 we, right we'd be absolutely shit on like, like what yeah. are you doing what is this? but <laughs> it's 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 funny like so it's sometimes we have to walk a very fine line so when we when uh, we were talking about how do you aim inspector and you mentioned that aiming is now um you know, normally bound to the right mouse button, mm-hmm. people got upset. They're like, what do you mean aiming is tied to the right <laughs> mouse button? I'm like, well, every game, you know, after 2000, probably eight, <laughs> when you aim, it, it's the right mouse button. It's just how it works now. Mm-hmm. And people got upset. They're like, well, that's not how chaos, uh, chaos theory was. And, you know, some people, they want us to make chaos theory. Um, and I, I get it. Like, you know, as I said, our game is inspired by chaos theory. That's that's there's no secret there. Mm-hmm. But things like modernizations, like, uh, you know, in controls, for example, even just that right mouse button. Um, those are, are some of the things that we're doing to, to bringing the chaos theory kind of experience into the modern day. In, in addition to things like the edges and the mm. progression system, like, you know, I, I'm not saying a progression system is a requirement in a, in a, in, in games these days, but it, it's certainly um, an effective way at, at keeping people kind of engaged in a multiplayer game as, as they continue to play and, and advance and level up. And I mean, that was another thing that got people really upset. They're like, well, chaos theory, didn't have a, have a progression system i'm like yeah you're right it, it didn't but that was that was 2005 <laughs> things have changed they, yeah. they've 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 grown it's a, it's a different landscape now that, that's definitely something I, I feel like we've been trying to like or not even trying to we have to keep repeating and reminding everyone from day one like we've, we've been like guys we're we're not making a chaos theory clone like mm-hmm. the Spectre is very much its own game, despite being like our inspiration was Chaos Theory, but we're not making a Chaos Theory clone. We're not just kind of revamping that game. This is mm-hmm. very much our own project. Um, and you know what? Even we've we've got a very very uh, healthy Discord of um, of enthusiasts and people waiting for the game uh, and 
we look to them for, for advice and direction sometimes on what they would prefer uh, with certain aspects of the game. But even even now, like we, we constantly have to let people know, like, hey, th this is not a clone. We're not making a clone. We're not just copying the game. Mm -hmm. um, and some people have harder times going to terms. <laughs> I true. think those people will be fine. <laughs> I, I think yeah. they will. And in, like I, you even mentioned it, Stephen. Like if and I, I've done it. Like load up Chaos Theory and and try to play it. Like if you've been playing video games since two thousand five, and and you now load up Chaos Theory for the first time, you're going to have a really difficult time playing mm. it. It things have changed, and and they're not, um, you know the way things control and how the game kind of progresses is just a very different state than it was in 2005. Mm. Still fun as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, <laughs> just things change. Yes, absolutely. Get in. Steal the data. Get out undetected. Not everything always goes according to plan. Uh, in addition to Steam, you mentioned in the IGN interview uh, wanting to get the game on uh, Xbox Series X and Game Pass. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention for Steve in his absence, no PlayStation <laughs> mentioned anywhere. Um, is the goal to get that Game Pass player base? Like, that seems to be like the not golden ticket because obviously nothing's you know for certain in the games industry but a lot of games have found success with that like being part of a service to get players in uh uh launch is that something you'd, you'd want to do for specter 100 percent. yeah nice <laughs> I, I i i think our game would do really well on games pass um it's it's a it's a easy to jump into but very difficult to master and um, Spectre is a brand new franchise. Um, when you look at it, you know it should invoke some familiarity if if you know about Splinter Cell. But mm -hmm. people tend to have difficulty picking up new franchises, right? It's it's kind of one of the um, challenges in the gaming industry is having people adopt a, a new franchise, and especially when you're asking people to adopt a new franchise and spend their own hard-earned money on it. Mm -hmm. So you know, Games Pass helps kind of reduce that barrier a little bit so you know if if you have any inkling or any interest in in a game that you would not otherwise pay for well now on games pass you can try it out mm -hmm. and i i think the beauty of specter is that you can jump into it uh pretty easily um and then realize that there's actually a, a lot to it it's and it, it takes yeah 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 there's a lot of depth there's a lot of different gadgets and um uh, tactics you could employ and um that's why i i think specter would be really successful on games pass um and the fact that um any games pass subscriber can kind of download it and hop on it's good for the community right because the more people you have to play with the better time you're you're gonna have now on the on the other side mm -hmm. to answer the other part of your question absolutely not I'm not against being on playstation as well um, <laughs> good <laughs> yeah. no we're we're not a, a, i guess like we're not captain event or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, no, of course not. Other services is really difficult to get onto one of your own and be properly, you know, advertised. I think there were some articles that came out about this last last summer. My my since working on the game, like my timelines are all off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
um, just how hard it is for an indie game to break into one of those services, um, mm -hmm. either Games Pass or, or like PSN. Um, um, I want to say PS PlayStation Plus. Plus. <laughs> Actually, uh, there are three tiers there now. Tiers I don't now. know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's extra there's essential, extra, and premium. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Um, make it even even more difficult for mm -hmm. an indie game to to break into that market and you know be because there are additional costs that come with being marketed by Sony on those pages and things like that. When so we say like there are not sorry plans, but we love to see this on, on like games and something like that, that's something we'd be looking to a publisher to leverage. Mm. Um, someone with, you know, the pull and that would be able to help us get some, not only onto those services, but like the visibility as well to, to help Spectre thrive. Excellent. I'm sure Steve will be pleased to hear PlayStation is still on the table. And you mentioned in the yeah, IGN yeah. interview, uh, you want to see it running on the Steam Deck. Have you got it up and running on a Steam Deck yet? <laughs> so we, um, <laughs> we, I, I forget if it's been mentioned, but so uh, the Steam Next Fest, um, it starts on October 3rd, mm. and uh, we have a demo coming out for the, the Steam Next Fest. Um, we have managed to get Spectre on the steam deck and hey. uh, a couple of our testers have, have got it working it it probably needs a little bit of uh tuning to get um the performance up so, a little bit so it's it a yellow a exclamation of... point on the steam page instead of a green check mark and it's not like um i know for the steam deck to, to get that like the green check mark or whatever it is it has to be fully uh controller uh, uh supported so mm -hmm. like you, you should be able to navigate all the menus and stuff uh, with the controller, and we haven't been able to then, uh, do that with Spectre yet. Gotcha. So it's it's definitely, it's comfortably in the uh, yellow uh, exclamation <laughs> mark uh, section of, of Steam for sure. Excellent. Well, that was it for my questions about Symbiosis and Spectre. Is there anything else you guys wanted to add about Spectre or your work or making games in general before we transition into the end of the show? Jordan, it's it's up to you. It's all you, buddy. I've got, I've got nothing. All right. I, I want to like <laughs> one question. I, I always throw to people to maybe think about. I'm always curious about what's one thing you wish you knew about making games before you started Spectre that you know today. So, would you like this list like chronologically or alphabetically? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which time do we have? The one that yeah, jumped exactly. to your head first. The one that was like, ah, this one. So, funny story on this. Mm -hmm. um, when Fred had proposed, like, rang me up and, and proposed making a game together, I was like, sure. Um, and he, and I've actually put a, a joke about this in a splash page every time you pull up the Unreal 5 editor. Um, he was on the impression we'd be able to bang this game out in three months, four months? Three months. Three, three months. months. I'm like, Buddy, give me three months of your time, and we'll have this game out. And that was in 2019. Oh, oh no, of mice yeah. and friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think one of the biggest things... Actually, you know what? I'll explain it first, and then kind of explain why I'm glad I didn't know. Okay. So one of the things that would have been nice to know is just the sheer amount of work and time, um, dedication, and persistence required to put out a game on your own. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially as a small team. Now, 
had I known this, and this is the flip side of things, how, had I known this going into it, I'm not sure if I would have taken that topic <laughs> this week. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm kind of glad that, you know, I went in completely ignorant. And like a, like a frog of, in boiling water thing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had to boil <laughs> in the game dev? Couldn't just like, toss right, you into it? Yeah. Right now, we're, are, we've been boiled so bad. We're like, we're back to primordial soup. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But it's, um, yeah, no, it, it would have been nice to to know just how much work is involved. I'm, I'm glad, like, looking back on everything, I, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm seriously glad we uh, we took this on and we did it. Excellent. But it's, I, I wish I knew just how much was involved. Um, <laughs> and and it, there, there's, I think that can be applied to every single aspect of game dev that we've experienced. Like another one that we did most recently was PAX. Mm. So signing up for PAX and getting ourselves a booth. Um, yeah, it was just the two of us. Yeah. And we got there and set up and we we're like, oh, okay. Um, you know, like some of these booths are, especially like the big, the bigger companies, like they, they're super impressive. And oh, they got budgets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got and, bean bag chairs. I don't have bean <laughs> bag chairs. And, and what we brought to, to PAX was we had a table set up with four gaming laptops, um, Spectre installment. We had two big banners with our one with our Spectres and our, our uh, the other with our Reapers. Mm-hmm. And although in the grand scheme of things, it I wouldn't say it was lackluster. It still looked great and brought a lot of attention. Um, but we didn't realize even how much work that would be. It was exhausting. We would be there from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, just the two of us um, working nonstop, like walking people through the game, uh, through any like bugs we had found. And it was just over and over and over again. And for that week, the only breaks we really took during the day were to go to the bathroom. Mm. And yeah. Jordan, Jordan, you're talking to a bit of a con, a con expert. I, I feel your pain. I've done, <laughs> yeah. I've done several PAXs, several games comes. Oh, uh, really? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'd actually the most recent one I did was PAX South 2020, right before everything hit the fan. And yeah. I also did it with just two people, me and my buddy Sean. And oh, yeah, I fit, I fit all the computers and two posters in one hockey bag. <laughs> Brought the hockey Jeez. bag from Halifax to Texas by myself. We set it up, and yeah, you just like one of you is like, I'm gonna go pee for five minutes, and the other was like, okay, and that's the only break you get for the whole exactly. Week. <laughs> okay, awesome. so you, you you know exactly. Oh yeah, and then you have to go back it. and sit at a computer and keep making the game, and it's like, oh man, I'm tired, but. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we usually close out the show by talking about any games we've been playing. I know the theme of this episode has been you two have been too busy making games to follow games or play <laughs> yeah. them. But I'll tell it to you. Have you guys played anything recently that you uh, were at all interested by? Absolutely. I'll, um, so when, when we were at PAX, we had the opportunity to go to this, this event. Mm. While we were there, I got a cyberpunk uh 2077 edge runners shirt and i had no clue what edge runners was <laughs> it's anime again, right <laughs> yeah uh, again i had been so disconnected <laughs> from everything and as i got home and um saw that there was a cyberpunk anime i'm like oh this is right up my alley and i checked it out it's one of the best series i've ever yeah? seen period in my life i was like this is amazing incredible incredible story the aesthetic, the art style, I was all for it, so huh. on board. And it was so good that 
Um, like I, I was interested in getting Cyberpunk before, mm-hmm. but I had never really pulled the trigger. I think it was because of the 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 launch and all of the you know they they had a rough launch. They had a hard. They launch. they got sued um, in three different countries by investors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. No biggie. No biggie. And so the the series was so good. Mm-hmm. I was like. Yeah, no, this is, I, I'm, I need to buy this game. Oh, I no. Play it. So I've started playing, and I found that it, it made me appreciate the series even more because mm. of how accurate it was. And, like, even the locations in the anime can be visited in person in the game. Huh. You can build your character to match the characters in the in anime. It's, it's phenomenal. That's huh. what I'm playing right now. Cyberpunk 2077, my first playthrough. It is. I'm blown away. It's interesting. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because they've actually deployed this strategy with The Witcher because the week, I think it was January or end of 2019, beginning of 2020, when the show came out on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, that month, The Witcher 3 sold more copies than it had in the past five years since launch. Yep. And so the success oh. of the show translated into, this, into more success for an already successful game. And so I am really curious if there are people like you who watched the cyberpunk anime and then and then afterwards bought the game and whether we're going to get a, a news story october and november that like wow cyberpunk had its best year since launch uh, the year the or the month the anime came out i'm curious if lightning yeah. will strike twice yeah. like that mm-hmm. I, I can see it happening if i would imagine if with the success of i guess the additional season or more like that series continuing mm that opens up so many doors of opportunity for them. Like they can release more content, you know, and now the two can exist symbiotically. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, how about you, Fred played anything, watched anything interesting? Um, so yeah, you know what? Psychonauts two. Oh, uh, hell kind of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm so happy that you, uh, channels. So, bring it back to Games Pass. So, mm-hmm. I had never played Psychonauts uh, previously, and then I saw that Psychonauts Two was on Games Pass. Mm-hmm. And just like I said, I'm like, you know what? Hey, what, what's the harm? I'll, I'll check out Psychonauts Two, and I was blown away by it. And mm-hmm. what a beautiful, incredible, emotional roller coaster Psychonauts Two was. Um, I actually, I had no idea, like you know, a game like that could even be made. It, oh. it just blew my mind. Yeah. And then following Psychonauts 2, I went ahead and played the original, also on Games Pass. Yep. And also an incredible experience. Yes. Um, so beyond that, I haven't had that much time to play games, especially lately. Like hey, that's okay. Psychonauts is all you needed, man. That makes me so happy because, like, <laughs> I'm, the other, I'm the other side of the Psychonauts 2 player uh, graph because, like, I played Psychonauts 1 when it came out, got that ending, and 2 literally starts, like, seconds after the in-between game Rhombus of Ruin for PSVR ends, uh, which isn't on Game Pass, unfortunately, because it's a PSVR exclusive. But... I'd been waiting since the end of that game because it literally, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of another series that do this. It's literally one of those where like it ends and then the next Psychonauts 2 starts like right as it ends. Like they get on the right. plane and fly away and it starts on the plane. Uh, <laughs> and so like I came into it super excited as like someone who's been waiting for the sequel for 20 years and this conclusion to this story. But it's it's good to know it still hits even if you did not play Psychonauts as a five-year-old. That That is heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an incredible experience, and we actually um, 
So Symbiosis Games, as a company, we are going to explore a little bit of VR development mm. um, after we launch uh, the Spectre demo, almost as like a little bit of a breather. We've been mm. working on Spectre so much uh, for a couple of years now. We're, we're going to take a, a, a short breather, check out some VR stuff, and uh, secretly, I haven't told you this, but really, I'm looking forward to the Rhombus of Ruin VR uh, Psychonauts experience yes. as Good. well. Good. So there is a reason. Let's develop a you know, VR level. <laughs> that's, that's the way I sold it to you. I'm like, hey, man, you know, we should try out VR, take a breather, and really secretly... <laughs> I just wanted to play Robinson. Hey, hey, it's two birds, one stone. You know, that's efficiencies. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly. a business expense. That's what that is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, good work. Um, I haven't really been playing anything too different than what I usually discuss. I've been in Animal Crossing and Rocket League, but I recently realized I had. Do you guys know about the PlayStation trophies? And Steve and yeah. I, we're, we're what the community calls trophy whores. Um, but I, I put it in that category also. Yeah, good, I, good. I, he, I, he I will also platinum everything. I, I will often play games I do not like. Yep, Steve if, too. Right, mm. just oh so God, that I can great. get those those trophies <laughs> because nothing irks me more than an incomplete trophy or achievement list. It's a very effective uh, uh, term we learned in school: extrinsic motivator that uh, Ooh, changes okay. the way you you play. From because usually you play a game, it's like, oh, I want to play this game, but when you're going for trophies, like I need to achieve this fake yeah. <laughs> image to feel complete. <laughs> uh, but like I. I realized I had two trophies left in Guacamole 2 by Toronto-based nice. Drinkbox. So I've been going through that, and one of those trophies is beat it on hard. I've been stuck at a boss for, like, hours. Like, Tori comes, my girlfriend comes back in the room, and she's like, oh, you're still on this one. I'm like, yep, yep still on this one. Because <laughs> it's been probably, like, two or three hours at this point trying to beat Way Peck. If anyone's played Guacamole 2, there's, like, this uh, skeleton in a stereotypical, like, Inca headdress, to, like, um hides like a coward behind the stage while they send out enemies you've played a video game and nice. yeah it's yeah. been hours and i cannot get past it and the way the save system works in that game is like it saved when i walked in the room so it's like you can beat this uh. like you can beat this right now if you don't get hit roughly <laughs> and do this but i don't know how to get out of the Not room hit. if i wanted to go farm like health and stuff right so yeah i'm in a bit of a yeah that's Sounds like you're in a bit of a bind. I yeah. am, but you know, I'll let <laughs> you the, can do it. Let the listeners know. Thank you. I, I definitely will eventually. It's it's an experience I haven't had a while in a while. Like probably the last game to do this to me was Celeste, where I was just like you'd be stuck on one screen in Celeste for like three hours. <laughs> oh man, that's fun. Eh? It that's is, fun. Yeah, it is. It Trophies is fun. fun. It feels really good once it's over. And yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I hope you feel really good at the end of this episode 218 of the Canadian 19 trick to see if you're paying attention of the Canadian game com <laughs> podcast. Thank you so much, Jordan and Fred from symbiosis games, wishlist specter. All the links are in the show notes. You know, the rigmarole, uh, gentlemen, where would people follow you if they want to? Uh, we've got, sorry, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, like, this Discord, we have a really healthy Spectre community. Uh, come join us on our Discord. It's mm-hmm. discord.gg slash Spectre Game. And that's mm. Spectre with an R-E. Spectre R-E. Game. And <laughs> yep, we're, very, we're very active on there. So come there, chat with us. Give us your questions. Give us your feedback. Uh, we look forward to it. And, uh, uh, yeah, again, thank you so much for having us on the show. 
My pleasure. And that is at symbiosis underscore games on Twitter, both in the show notes. Um, yeah. Uh, at the end of the show, Steve and I usually play some sort of sports bet, more so for him than me, but I don't know if you guys follow sports. Do you guys want to place a, a bet on anything just for fun? Do we got baseball wrapping up, hockey starting? I- I do not. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right, that's it for this week. Follow us at Canada Game Devs on Twitter. Until next time, goodbye. Oh, thanks for having us. I lost an interview with him, and I felt ah, oh no, a little slow. So we're not going to let that happen today, though. <laughs> what do What do you do in that case? Oh, like you, you say, was, hey, sorry, we record again. <laughs> no, it was like I'm like I lost the recording. I'm sorry, and they're like, oh, bummer. And you just uh, dust your hands, I guess. But it's yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I don't know why I brought the energy into the start of the show. I, I regret that, but that's okay. We're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna roll into this. Yeah, absolutely.